0: Wow, it has been over a month since I have done a regular podcast episode, and you might tell from my voice that right now it's really early in the morning, and I wanted to take this time to jump on because I have been wanting to process the last month, I've been wanting to share it with you, I have been hoping that those of you who started listening really loyally will jump back in, I'm sorry for abandoning you, but wow, it has really been a month, so if you have been listening for a while, you know that I live in Southwest Florida, and so the areas that I have lived for 25 years have been the hardest hit by Hurricane Ian, uh, almost Category 5 hurricane that hit September 28, 2022, and I would love to tell just like my whole hurricane story <laughs> because it was really interesting just how it affected Basically, the hardest hit tri-county area, Collier County, Lee County, and Charlotte County, and into Sarasota County, is where all of my friends and family live that I know in Florida for the most part. (laughs) And I've lived in these counties for the past 25 years. Um, My brother lives the furthest north, the area that was still being flooded. The waters were still rising for a week, week and a half after. My other brother was in the hospital in Charlotte County, had just had surgery the day before. My parents live in Lee County, as well as my church and my church family in the area where, in Cape Coral, where I raised my children. And then I was in Naples in Collier County furthest south And my best friend, whom you know, Sandra, was also here that weekend. Or that week, whatever day it was. And so it was super duper traumatic. (laughs) We were not expecting it to be the storm that it was. It was supposed to hit Tampa. Sandra had asked, should I still come down? And I was like, yeah, if we're in the cone, it usually moves. We have never, ever... Some people are saying in 100 years, some people are saying in 500 years. We have never had such a slow-moving storm that scraped the entire South Florida coast in many, many years. I I won't give an exact date. And so how slow-moving the storm was and how large it got kicked up so much water that the flooding has been so vast that it has affected all of these counties and then went further on into Orlando all the way up to by Daytona where my other best friend lives. So it was beyond anything that we anticipated. It was beyond what we were ready for. Now we're always ready in Florida. So don't, you know, Please don't listen to those naysayers, maybe in national media that says that we weren't ready. We're always ready. We're built ready. We have generators in our homes. We have backstocks of water. We um, know our exact elevation. Um, We're always ready. My home, um, by the grace of God, um, really was not hurt that bad. We're only a couple miles from the Gulf of Mexico, but you have to get through mangroves and many developments in such a different elevation, and we were not flooded. The lake behind us came all the way up, but it did not even get as far as our porch or our lanai that we call it here in Naples. Um, Our boat was really messed up. Our boat is still sitting on the dock. (laughs) If you know boats, they're supposed to be on the lift or in the water, not on the actual dock, so that's been something pretty tricky to navigate, but my brother was flooded the one that lives up in Northport. My parents in Cape Coral and all the surrounding areas of Lee County had significant, significant wind damage. And then everyone in coastal waters and up rivers had major flooding. And so there has been feet of water and muck and sand in homes in coastal and river areas, not just on the Gulf, but the rivers actually provided a really, really big part of the flooding. So all of that to be said, um, it's just been a really, really rough month. Um, it really stirred up a lot of worry. Some maybe even potential PTSD symptoms in me. Um, maybe from when TJ had passed away, I'm not quite sure. (laughs) It just, I was very, very worried about my family. We couldn't, we lost all communication for days. Sandra, my best friend, was in a condo near the ocean, and so she was flooded, and I couldn't get to her for a few days. It was just very, very traumatic. Um, My son was home from college, but he was actually, we thought he would get hit in Tallahassee because we were supposed to go up there for the football game that weekend, so we had him come home... Because we thought the hurricane was going to hit Tallahassee. And then we got a direct hit here in Southwest Florida, right where he was at his friend's house. Um, But it's almost ironic. It's almost funny now that you can look back on it. But it was really, really traumatic to be in a true natural disaster, a true traumatic event where communication was lost and where fear and anxiety was a real thing. It wasn't from something imagined. It was from something right in front of us and where we really didn't know if people were alive or dead. And so it was a really scary couple days. And then it was just hard to communicate and to figure out how you could help, what was help, what wasn't very helpful. Because if you know you know, if you're flooded or if you have wind damage, it takes a while to just assess the situation. And so it was really interesting, but it was also kind of almost too much information for me at times because my husband was in emergency management. He was a firefighter paramedic for 15 years. He knew a lot of the emergency systems that were being deployed. Uh, My brother works for the city of Northport, so he also was put directly into emergency management. Lisa, a girl on my doTERRA team, one of my business partners in doTERRA, works for emergency management in Cape Coral. And so I just, a lot of people that I'm very, very close to got deployed to this whole system of emergency management. And the Chinooks were flying overhead, and the governor was down each of my brother's streets and at my children's football game when the kids were able to go back to regular sports that happened in Collier County where I live before it happened in Lee County. And so it was just, it was a lot. And you also immediately want to help, but you want to help in a way that is helpful. So here are my five tips for When you are truly, truly in an emergency situation. And this, you know, I was doing those podcasts before the storm. It's almost like my heart knew what to prepare for. Because one night I had a lot of anxiety and I actually listened to my own podcast. (laughs) That's embarrassing. I usually never listen to my voice. I don't like listening to my podcast. But I needed an episode with someone that I really could trust. And obviously I can trust myself that understood chaos. And some of what I was talking about this fall with chaos creators, it was, I was living it in real life, but times like 300, right? So this was truly chaos. And so I actually listened to an episode one night when I just really could not calm down and and needed to really focus on, on the home and what I needed to do to take care of my family and myself first. <laughs> that saying, put on your mask first, I kept telling to myself because if I wasn't taking care of myself, we didn't have water, we didn't have electricity for a while, I was not as able to take care of my family and so I really had to practice what I preach. So here are the five tips for being maybe prepared and this is not saying that you're going to have a category 5 hurricane hit you, but We all have things. The holidays coming up provide lack of schedule, lack of financial security, maybe extra bills coming in, um, maybe dysfunctional relationships around the holidays. We all take in a certain degree of chaos. Remember, chaos is just meaning things are not in order. So when you're used to a certain amount of order and then something either traumatic happens like a natural disaster, or when something just goes off because of a change in schedule or a change in stress, um, a lot of these things have to be in place. And so maybe me going through a natural disaster will help you come up with your emergency management family <laughs> family plan. So number one is really important. Maybe you know someone who's in emergency management or is in government, or is in maybe as a firefighter. Um, But number one is you need to know who has the final say in your home. (laughs) You can imagine some of the times that this was maybe tricky, right? But it was really important that we have a home set up that Bobby and I both, as the parents, as husband and wife, have very important roles. But when it's danger (laughs) there needs to be a final say and in my home that needs to be my husband um not just because he's the man not just because but ultimately it's because we have a christian home and he's the head of our household but in this case it was also because he was the most qualified he had been through emergency management He knew to make sure that everyone was first physically okay, then to get power or to get a generator, to get running water, to get, we weren't going to have electricity, so we were going to have a boil water notice. He knew all of the important things for survival. The survival mode that I went into was, okay, we need to make, because we didn't have any home damage, we needed to make our house a hotel. (laughs) and I was ridiculous I was trying to keep all the sheets washed and the kids rooms all cleaned because we had a little bit of a plan that whoever got power back first we thought it would be us and so we would have Bobby's parents come over one of Bobby's friends potentially my family so my emergency management plan was to keep our house a hotel Hmm. this didn't work out so well That was not what ended up being needed. That is what has been needed in other hurricanes. But in this one, the emergency was too large. No one could really leave their home and go to the easier home or the the home that had the most amenities, I guess I would say, water, electric. No one had that. So nobody brought people in really because we were all in our own It took the entire coast. So it wasn't like we were hit hard so we would go to my mom's. It was we had emergencies to deal with. My mom had emergencies to deal with. Bobby's mom had them to deal with. My brother's. We all had to just help our own household. So this totally broke down, and this was completely a wasted effort on my part. (laughs) I laugh because you can imagine how this articulated itself. Hear me trying to keep the house clean for guests was just ridiculous but I I just I had really thought that their flooding was worse up there and they would need to be coming down here I know my own delusion so who has the final say it was really important that the kids knew that they had to listen to both of us but that sometimes if I didn't know the next best step there has to be one person in control and so maybe you know mostly women listen to this podcast maybe you have a really hard time with that Maybe making your husband the head of the household, making him have the final say when you're usually the one, because I am, I'm usually the one that is working out the logistics of the home and cleaning the house and dealing with having groceries. And Bobby does do a lot of cooking, but usually a lot of those fundamental needs are taken care of by me. And so it was hard to to kind of give up that control sometimes. I'll just admit it. And so maybe search your own heart. Be thinking of if you really do treat your husband as the head of the house or if maybe there's a constant battle for control on a regular day because that will be exacerbated if you're ever in emergency. Number two is to prepare your family for an emergency. I think that maybe we don't Talk about it enough. You know, maybe if you live in Oklahoma or if you grew up there, it was just normal to talk about getting ready for tornadoes. Um, Up north, maybe you are just always, you have an emergency plan for hurricanes or for tornadoes. I'm sorry, for blizzards or tornadoes. Here in Florida, we do have. I would say we have a lot of preparation. We have hurricane shutters on our home. We know the elevation that we're at. We get water in advance. We know that if we are emergency, you know that we if we have to evacuate, we will. But in this case, everywhere that we would usually go was also being evacuated very last minute because the storm changed so at the last minute. So just preparing your children, having some really critical conversations about when things, when the plan can't be the plan, what's the plan, (laughs) right? And so just to talk about how important it is, maybe fundamental needs, safety, like physical safety, um, having running water, having the right clothes on. You know, when we started helping friends that were flooded, the kids didn't always understand even how to wear like junky shoes. They were still wearing like nice shoes. Just things like camping with your family. Maybe go camping just to prepare them for survival. That's not a word, but having food, not wasting food when you don't know how long your food is going to last, right? Um, Knowing that refrigeration is really important. Not leaving coolers open. All of these things just for survival that the kids would learn if you went camping. And now our kids have all gone camping. They all love it. But camping at home is kind of a different thing because they're just not used to it. You know, Usually they have to keep the door shut to let the air conditioning stay in the house. And now they had to leave the door open. It was just a change of rules. And with this many kids, it just got a little tricky. So prepare your family for who is the final say, how to respect authority, and, and, and when the rules have to change, why they have to change in an emergency situation. Okay, number three is to be a duck. I didn't do too well at this, but you know how a duck is just paddling like crazy underwater, like <laughs> working so, so hard, but up on the top, it looks like the duck is not even doing anything? As the mother, it's really important to be a duck. And I'm not always very good at this. I want to be a raving lunatic. Now, I wasn't I wouldn't say I was a raving lunatic, but I was amped up. Let's put it that way. I was maybe a little bit more short-fused. I was I was really really scared for my family. I really was. I'll admit it. I was, until I could actually put eyes on my parents, put eyes on my son, Aiden was at a friend's house and then was was cutting down trees and really serving the community. But until I could see everyone, even my brothers, like I needed to hear their voice, it was such a bad storm that I was not in normal, like chaos, calmer podcast mode okay I was really scared and I was also really really sad like really grieving all the barrier islands that basically looked like popsicle sticks those were the places where Bobby and I had you know when we got together we bought our boat we took our kids to all these islands we got married on Yuseppa Island um it was just really, really sad. I was really, really grieving. It also activated maybe a lot of post-grief and post-traumatic. Um, whenever you're in that degree of stress, it, it brings back parts of your brain at, as when you've been in that stressful of time before. And so it maybe activated some PTSD symptoms in me. I'm not saying that I have full PTSD, but From things I've talked about on this podcast, um, when TJ passed away, um, having COVID, different traumatic things in my brain have really released some past traumas. And so when those buttons get pushed, the buttons get pushed. And so I wish I could say I was a duck. I had some not great days. I had some days where I really spoke to my children in ways that they maybe deserved the, the sternness, but they didn't deserve my articulation of the sternness, I will say, okay? So whenever possible to use all the things that we talk about on this podcast, to use aromatherapy, to use deep breathing. It was hard to go for a walk in the middle of a storm, (laughs) but to sit in quiet, to tell your family that you maybe need some quiet or maybe you need some together time. Maybe it was time to just all sit together and pray sometimes. And we can do these even when it's not a hurricane. But take those proactive self-care steps that we talk about on this podcast. And in times of true emergency, they really, really matter. So what do you have to do to take care of yourself as the mother, as the, the mom of the household, as the wife, as the caregiver? What do you have to do to be a duck? To be paddling really fast underneath, but to stay reasonably calm on the top. What is it that you have to do? Please pick those now because you will need them in an emergency situation. And then number four is kind of go back to preparing your family for emergency. But know your fundamental needs and values on a good day so that when you're in an emergency, you can fall back on those. Your fundamental needs are being a family. Praying, involving God in your life, (laughs) asking him for mercy and for grace and for the words. Connecting with your family members, maybe your more extended family members that you're really close to. Um, Food, healthy food kind of goes out to the window a little bit, but your body will then... Not, you know, I was eating things that I wouldn't normally eat, and then I felt sick. (laughs) So, your fundamental needs on a good day, when you can be as high maintenance as you want, have to kind of filter down in an emergency situation. But what are those values? After we were able to get out again, the fundamental needs were for us to be together as a a husband and wife. Bobby and I snuck away for a couple days just to get some internet and some clarity and to regroup and to recharge. We felt a little guilty, but not really at all because our marriage comes first. And then our family, we snuck off one weekend when there was still tons of hurricane cleanup to do, but we snuck away for my daughter's um, hockey tournament. It didn't feel like the number one most important thing, but it felt like the most family normal thing for her to be able to not miss out on her one of two experiences of that for the year and to really come together and do something that feels normal. So know your fundamental needs and values as a family, and don't lose sight of those. Even when everyone around you needs help, you can't help others at the expense of your own family. And then number five is not the last. It's the first. It's the permeating one of all of these. But falling back on prayer and falling back on just Asking God for mercy and grace and clarity and for his words to be speaking through your heart and your mind in times like this is so important. And through worship music, through praying, through reading good things, through listening to Christian podcasts, um, it is how I was sustained. So thank you so much for those of you who reached out during this time. Um... It's not done yet. We still have many relief efforts. I'm passing out hygiene kits and hand sanitizing wipes that doTERRA very graciously sent through Healing Hands, um, doTERRA's nonprofit. My husband and I are working together for matching funds through our businesses to get the Children's Hospital here locally. Reopened for uh, further. There were so many different opportunities to serve, but you just have to kind of close your eyes and pick one. And I picked a hospital that I feel very, very strongly that they do great work for kids' mental health. And I think that that's going to be needed the most. So, more on that later. But if you would like to donate or would like to be a part of it, please go to thewellteam.com and check out in the middle there. There's a video about the matching fund campaign that we're doing. And um, thank you for your prayers. Keep Southwest Florida in your prayers. I am not affected nearly the way that, you know, millions of people are from Hurricane Ian. And so even though we don't talk about it anymore in the the national news, it is still just day by day for people here trying to keep their businesses and their homes in some kind of rehabilitation. Order. So, thank you so much for your prayers. And um, going into the holiday season, I hope you can use some of these tips. <laughs>